Welcome to E to the Power of Three, a podcast of Bridging the Gap, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. Today, we are honored to hear from BTG advisor and doctor of chiropractic, Dr. Katie DeBowie, as she has a conversation with our podcast host, McKelty Bloom. In this encouragement episode, they will be discussing biological causes of stress and how it affects our body. They will also talk about the importance of managing stress, what the Bible says about stress, and tools you can utilize to manage stress in a healthy way. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of E to the Power of Three. I'm McKelty Bloom, and I am joined today by Dr. Kate, who is going to be chatting with us for the first time, and um, we're ready to tackle a a topic that everybody experiences, and um, we all need a little more support in. So thank you, Dr. Kate, for being here. It's truly an honor, and it's a pleasure to be here today with you, McKelty. So we, and we've already been, you know, just chatting and laughing about the Zoom life and (laughs) always trying to figure out how do we run this technology, but that is just the state that we're in these days. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But um, I would love for you to get the chance to introduce yourself and um, share a little bit about who you are. Obviously, it's right in your name, you're a doctor. So um, maybe about a little bit of what you practice, what your journey has been like. And we always love to hear about how you were connected with Bridging the Gap and got to know um, our fearless leader, Carol Lund. So why don't you take some time just to introduce yourself? All right. Well, I actually have had a journey myself that led me into healthcare. Um, I started my education at University of Minnesota Duluth and was for sure wanting to get into healthcare, wasn't sure which avenue. And just through my own health journey, ended up in chiropractic. Uh, So finished my bachelor's degree, University of Minnesota Duluth, and I did medical research for three years there on the effects of stress and the impact on our heart and our cortisol and just our brain. Um, And so that led me down the pathway of looking into psychoneuroimmunology, which is the study of um, stress and stress hormones and neurons and how does all that affect your immune system. And then I went to Palmer Chiropractic College. That is where I landed for uh, my formal graduate education, got my doctorate in 2003, started my practice in the spring of 2003. And the last 18 years have pretty much served wellness patients. Um, Yes, we have patients that come in with acute crisis, uh, musculoskeletal problems like uh, migraines, headaches, carpal tunnel syndrome, sciatica, but uh, probably my passion is wellness care, prenatal care, uh, babies, children, just really the concept of what do we need to do to care for our God-given structure, our brain and our heart, which are two very large key components to your overall well-being, Um, and just being able to educate our patients on the impact of their life circumstances and how it impacts them and their emotions and their mental health and their physical health. Yeah, that's that's all so good. I am a big chiropractor person as well. I've been going to the chiropractor for years and um, have loved it. And now my nine month old goes to the chiropractor. So we're all just making sure we've taken care of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, 
That's awesome. And how do you know Carol and how did you get connected with Bridging the Gap? Uh, I have known Carol, so probably met her back in 2003 at our church, River of Life, and then started going to the women's conferences. Probably the first one was in 2005 and really started to get involved with Bridging the Gap as early as 07. And then went to Panama in 2009 in that first group just to help with the Kenyans and developing El Refuge and the ministry down there. Um, and then it's just been, I've had the privilege of getting to be a, an active advisor through some of the years and um, helped MC a couple events, spoke at a couple of events, um, but always really feeling blessed to be involved with Bridging the Gap and under the extraordinary leadership of Carol Lund. She just has such a gift of leading, leading women, uh, leading women of different cultures, different denominations, different ages. And she just knows how to even pair people up, put groups together. Um, she knows the movers, the doers, the thinkers. Uh, I have truly been blessed to be associated with Bridging the Gap and everything that Carol has inspired through her leadership. Yeah, she really is the great connector. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it sounds like you have been a huge blessing to them as well over these past years. So we're so grateful that you were able to take some time out of your busy schedule and talk with us about this concept of stress. And you alluded to it that it sounds like that has been a big part of your research and journey just in wellness and understanding that a little bit more. So would you just start out by sharing a little bit of like right down to that basic? What is stress? What is it? What is it in our biology? What does that even mean and look like in our life? Mm -hmm. Well, there there is something I learned in college when I was working in the med school doing the research on, you know, we worked with humans and there were labs. Uh, I worked in the Department of Behavioral Science at the University of Minnesota Medical School in Duluth. And when we were conducting studies, we were actually studying the impact of cortisol and um, epinephrine, various stress hormones, and its impact on your heart rate, your blood pressure, um, how, how stress and chronic stress versus there's good stress and bad stress. We can have good stressors in life that are very helpful to have just healthy, normal serotonin and dopamine release. We've got those neurotransmitters to help our brain go, yeah, this is great. But then we also have the major stressors um, in life that are chronic and we just get stuck, right? Our brain perceives stress through our senses. And then when stress becomes chronic, meaning maybe we have chronic, COVID feels chronic, to some of us. I mean, it's been going on for a year and a half. We don't know how to navigate. So just even, okay, what's going to be the new thing today? Whether your children is at school, ch children are at school or whether it's your workplace. Um, there's so many controversial discussions happening right now. So it's, there, there's, there's the whole thought process of like, how, how do we, um, process this stress in such a way that it doesn't become wearing and draining on our emotional and physical being. We know that it's how we take in the stimulus, right? Is So it could be that we're short-term in that fight or flight. We're 
being chased by a bear. Or it's just, I explain that to my patients, like think of, think of the autonomic system as the gas in the brake. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the gas pedal is meant for, you know, temporary, not constant. You just don't want to like rev it up all the time. There's the gas in the brake process. If our gas pedal, our fight or flight is is set off, that's fine for short acute period because our body can benefit from that. But then the brake has to be enabled. And the brake is the purpose of the parasympathetic nerve system is to bring rest and digestion, right? And so we have the fight or flight, which drives that sympathetic dominance, release the cortisol, release all of the stress hormones, drives our glucose up, drives our fat release up, drives our blood to the muscles, um, can actually release that process of, ah, what am I going to do? But then we need the break to say, okay, we also need to have rest and digest. Mm -hmm. And so there's that thought process. The physiology of stress is pretty complicated. I was running through it with my daughter recently and she's like, mom, it all went over my head. (laughs) just we take it in through the stimulus into the brain goes to the amygdala the hypothalamus all those stress hormones release the adrenaline you know releases from the adrenal glands but then how does it impact us well it impacts us it impacts our behavior right so how how do we if it's constantly in sympathetic dominant if our nerve system is constantly stimulated we get exhausted it wears us down so we get into this pattern of fatigue. And so that'll drive addiction, that'll drive anxiety, that'll drive depression, um, obesity. So if we can have things in our life to, you know, even mechanisms in our life to recognize, ooh, what can I do? What can I do? I'm seeing this is happening, right? There are things we can do. And In our office, obviously, being an upper cervically chiropractic office, we're really, really big on talking about things. What can you do physically for yourself, like getting adjusted Mm -hmm. on a regular basis? But what can you do, like deep breathing, relaxation techniques, um, hydration, um, proper nutrition? What are things that are going to fuel the parasympathetic rest and digest process? right? Because sometimes the internal sympathetic dominance pathway is, it's going on whether we're trying everything in our power to stop it or not. And that can come from a structural cause internally, can cause, it can be caused by pressure on the nerve system, misalignment, it can come from even health problems like heart problems. But it's, it's all, the 14 organ systems of the body are to be constantly balanced we call it homeostasis. Mm-hmm. And it's when we're out of rhythm, when we're in dysregulation, it's when our system is stuck, whether we're in fight or flight or whether we're even stuck in a mental pro- in a mental anxiety problem where we keep milling over situations that will drive the brain to tell the hypothalamus, the amygdala, the uh, neurotransmitters of the brain to push the stress hormones. And when the stress hormones push, it cranks up your blood pressure, it cranks up your placking in the arteries, uh, cholesterol levels, it'll decrease serotonin and dopamine. So what do people do in our culture? Well, it depends. Some do natural ideas, some do more medical. It, It depends on the individual how they choose to do it. And it also depends on their resources. 
Yeah. I don't know if I'm answering the the physiology part the way you we're hoping, but it gets, oh my gosh, it's a, yes. Yes. <laughs> no, that absolutely, I answered all of it. And I feel like I have 10 more questions just off of that. It was so good. Cause I think that this was something that I didn't even realize, especially like once I got to college, I started having a little bit more of an understanding. I feel like they just taught more classes of like, no stress actually impacts a lot of things in your life. I remember the day they were like, stress can actually make you gain weight. I was like, what? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so yeah. mad about it, but it absolutely yeah. impacts your body and your mind. And you talked a little bit about, um, like preventative care and mm-hmm. what you can be doing because it's, it's so hard to be in that place where you're already like, okay, I'm already too stressed. I'm in mm-hmm. that chronic state of stress already. Um, mm-hmm. and then you feel like you're looking for things to do, um, to get out of that. And you spoke a little bit about here are some of the things, make sure you're eating healthy and, and mm-hmm. chiropractic care, but what are, what can we be doing on a preventative level to try to be calming that neurosystem down to not get to that place? Right. Because in, in essence, that constant press pressure on the vagus nerve and driving all that stress response, what can we do physically that may, you know, yes, we talked about chiropractic getting adjusted. Yes, we talked, there's people that choose medications, mm-hmm. but what can you do at home? Because you don't ha- always have the capacity to go and get a massage or go get an adjustment um, or even go into a physician for maybe a prescription. You can do things like taking a cold shower. You can do some deep breathing. When you do deep breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth, that helps calm the vagus nerve. That helps calm the respiratory system. It brings the system into a more alkaline state. It's that expansion and contraction of the ribs and the muscles that allows the body to just calm down. There's actually a neuromuscular response when we do the deep breathing. Sometimes alternating nostril breathing, just breathing in through one nostril and just rotating that can actually decrease that vagus nerve overwhelm, that stress response that gets driven. Um, Exercising outdoors, looking after your gut. Some people have no idea that, you know, gut health is such a big part, but the gut and brain are super connected. Um, Whether you are simply on a low budget, really making sure that you're hydrated, you're getting um, good probiotics through your diet, could be um, eating more fermented foods, um, having sauerkraut, kombucha, um, pickles, you know, yogurt, different things to help support your gut health, Uh, low sugar, um, not necessarily fake sugars, right? I mean, yeah, we have stevia, but making sure that we have high veggies, high fruits, um, good proteins. I always explain the white foods tend to drive more inflammatory processes. So the white flour, the white sugar, the, the dairy, we love a lot of that, right? It's fun, it's delicious, it's part of celebrating, but it's just finding that balance of knowing when. And of course, when you're under stress, often many people, especially, and I find in the in the church, we, we go to maybe food, because it doesn't, you know, we're not 
it's not alcohol and it's not drugs. It's, you know, it's, but yet it's a comfort. And so it's just trying to figure out wh what would be a healthy balance in that time of stress, even teaching ourselves to go, okay, first I need to stop. I need to count to 10. I need to deep breathe. I need to go get a glass of water. Maybe count backwards from 10, one number at a time, you know, 10, 90, in, until you're at a new set point and you realize, okay, yes, I was stressed out or that is stressful, but what, what do I have control over here? Because often we don't have control over what's going on that is driving the stressor. And God does. So plugging into even just prayer and just saying, you know what, I'm going to pray about this. I'm even going to shoot a text off to my accountability accountability partner and ask ask her to pray in agreement with me just for whatever it is. Or maybe just, hey, can you just pray for peace right now? Um, just different things that we can do. Laughter is huge. Finding, you know, calling a friend, just being like, we need to laugh together right now. You know, like we just need, tell me something really hilarious that's happened to you this week. Like, I just need to know. And having a moment to just really focus on something that's going to bring joy because mm -hmm. in the midst of life, we're going to have pain and we're going to have grief. We're going to have sorrow, but where is the joy? We have it and we are called, we are called as believers to really be joy-filled, even in the pain. I mean, I think back to James, you know, he calls us to, to really find joy in all circumstances mm -hmm. and to rely on God to walk us through it because so often we want to fall back on our own strength. So I, I, I do think though, what's really critical is what can we do to hack our nerve system? What can we do? Well, we can, we can actually learn like massage techniques for ourselves or for our loved ones. Um, we can laugh out loud, look after the gut with good nutrition, um, breathe through it. Breathing is huge. Take a cold shower, exercise outdoors, go for a walk, um, grounding, take our shoes off and go walk on the ground and just, I mean, just simply acknowledging like this is God's creation. And he he has brought about this beautiful world for us to enjoy. And if we can just take a moment in that chaotic, and it can be deep grief. It can be like literally a painful moment where we just say, okay, I'm acknowledging it. I'm maybe count 10 to one backward and then walk outside and just, even if it's a 60 to 90 second break from whatever is happening in that moment, and then come back and plug back in. Something to disrupt the pattern. I think back to Dr. Candace Pert, and she was she got the Nobel Prize for neuroscience. Just her research was incredible. But she talks about neuropeptides and how we as humans store up memories in these proteins, in these cells called neuropeptides, and they store themselves within our body. And so there are times where we go through these traumatic experiences and all of a sudden those neuropeptides come back and it affects our structure. It even can influence our reaction. And so it's trying to figure out how can we rewrite some of these pathways just by recognizing it and being able to overcome that moment of chaos or that moment of stress, just recognizing it in that moment and taking a step back, taking a deep breath. Mm. I really appreciate that you process through both of those like practical things and also like that spiritual 
sense of it because I feel like, and maybe this is just me, but whenever I'm in moments of stress, it's like, I forget everything that could help. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, where's the ice cream? You know, just like we were talking about, like absolutely going to food, but thinking like, okay, Mm -hmm. there are actually so many practical things I can do in the moment. And you talk Mm -hmm. through so many ideas of, you know, being grounded, find ways to try and be present, taking a cold shower, distracting myself, but also that Mm -hmm. key importance of turning to God as well and turning Mm -hmm. to um, our sisters in Christ and saying, Mm -hmm. I'm really just struggling in this and just Mm -hmm. need a prayer need support because correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you really have to have both to tackle stress. Yeah. I mean, I really, as passionate as I am about the method of care that we deliver and as passionate as I am about how I, I mean, I really believe every human on the planet should be under some form of spinal care. I do because I know that when you are properly aligned as God created our body to be so intelligent, I know that I know the better aligned you are, the better you adapt to your world. And no matter what, you're going to have physical, chemical, emotional stress. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. There is no way that any one human can avoid those three major forms of stress. But if you can recognize, okay, these are the things. And even if once a year or twice a year you stop and you go, what am I doing to circumvent Stress, it is my responsibility. I am a steward of my being. God created me to be the best I can be, to serve, to glorify, to bring testimony to his kingdom. But what am I doing to care for myself? And, and you know, at the end of the day, we steward our, our finances, we steward our home, we steward um, our relationships. And are we stewarding our body as well as we mm-hmm. steward some of those other areas? And that's a moment of conviction for me too. I mean, I know better. I often look at my husband and I go, gee, I can't even believe how disciplined you are. You are so disciplined and you're just so solid when it comes to, you know, are we stewarding our relationship with God as well as we could? And just whether it's twice a year, once a month, and we just stop and we go, how are we doing in this? And I, I have a planner. I was so, it was such a great, every month it asked you like where you're doing in all these areas of life. And, Mm. and it, it really made me think, am I, am I on track personally to serve him to the best I can by even self-care? I mean, who would think, you know, we've got to care for the other humans in our life. Um, As a mother of four children and um, as a practitioner and leading employees, I mean, there's all those thoughts of, you know, I got to take care of everybody else. I got to take care of the patients before me. I got to take care of the family members in my home. I want to make sure that um, I have a healthy relationship with my husband. I want to make sure that I'm leading at the office to the best of my capacity and that, you know, stress doesn't overcome me so that I am this person in a complete reactive state all the time. And, and it has, it's definitely happened. I mean, I am the first to admit over the years, there are moments where the stress was so high that it was just constant reaction. Like everything was a reaction. But I would have to say the last year and a half, just kind of regrouping and recognizing, okay, it's really up to me. There is nobody who's going to come and be like, hey, 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 Kate, are you um, are you doing all this right? Like, are you on track? I mean, your finances, your home, your body, your relationships. I mean, mm-hmm. so some of us just have to step back and be like, okay, so spiritually, where am I at with God? What could I do there? Do I have accountability partner? Do I have a BFF I can check in with, you know, periodically? 
physically my structure? Have I hired somebody in my life? Uh, do I have a naturopath? Do I have a massage therapist? Do I have a chiropractor? Do I have somebody that I'm checking in with that I can be? And that's why I'm so passionate about even monthly maintenance visits. Like once the person is structurally aligned, they've gone through the acute period of care to correct what is truly not right and improve that nerve connection, are they maintaining it? And then every time that I get to see that human, we dialogue. How are you doing with water? How are you doing with sleep? How are you doing with breathing? How are you doing with nutrition? Because that is all part of the contributing factors to how you physiologically are interpreting your stress. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's all so good. And you mentioned yourself as, you know, you're a leader. You're a leader in your home. You're a leader in your clinic. And when we're talking about leadership, why is it so important for leaders to be balanced in their stress and to have their stress under control? What are some of the negative outcomes if you as a leader aren't in your full capacity? You know, in 18 years, I have had the privilege of serving, I mean, thousands of patients and um, several employees eight doctors um, had the privilege to have them associate in our practice. And I look back over the years and I see that there were practitioners who I think to this day would still be practicing with me and alongside of me had I been able to manage my stress better, had I been able to um, maybe not allow stress to overcome me emotionally so that there were situations we could have probably talked through a lot more, mm. how I say it, Christ-like. Mm. You know, I just look back and I think, you know, I do think people do come and go in our lives and I think that's going to happen no matter what. So I don't want to say that every single one of those people was because I failed somehow. I just think that it's really important as a leader, um, whether you're leading your children or whether you're leading in a MOPS group or whether you're leading at a workplace, out in the marketplace or in the ministry, I think it's super important to be able to step back and say, how am I making sure that I am bringing the best me to influence these people? Because I can fully accept that there were times in this journey of practice as a leader to employees that I I could have done a better job, 100%, where had I managed, you know, I, I think specifically back to a season where we sold our house, moved into our house, built a new office, moved into our office, and then I went through four miscarriages. I mean, I, all of that happened within essentially a year. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. And I think back, like, how that impacted who presented and showed up every day was pretty, pretty major. And I, I definitely think that impacted some relationships. And have I been able to, you know, come back in and reconcile? Yeah, I have. And I'm thankful. But I look back and I think, bummer. You know, just being able to even say, maybe we shouldn't be building a new office and moving into a new office at the same time as selling our home and moving into a new home. You know, like that's probably not a good idea, you know, and then managing many patient visits every day and multiple team members, you know, it's just yeah. not a great idea. Mm -hmm. um, 
But I look back and I go, you know, it's really important in life if we can look at these situations and we can grow from them and say, how can we actually make sure that we don't re keep reliving that same cycle? Because it can become painful. It can become really painful and, and um, difficult. So I'm very grateful for the privilege to serve patients and even employees. We've had uh, a couple, even assistants in our office now for seven years. And I'm super grateful because they've seen this process and this journey. Um, I had one recently say, it's just been really neat to see you as a human just evolve in your leadership um, to us, but also to, to the patients. It's been really neat. And I was, I was really encouraged by that because sometimes you just feel like, man, am I ever going to learn? Yeah. <laughs> am I ever going to learn? Am I ever, you know, I mean, we have to also be not so hard on ourselves. I think sometimes we are so hard on ourselves that um, it's going to be hard to move forward if all you do is constantly beat yourself up over where you are falling short. Striving for excellence, not perfection. Um, that's been something over the years that's been really clear to me that perfectionism is extremely toxic. Um, looking for excellence. How can I make sure as, as a mom to inspire my children to aim for excellence? Because aiming for excellence is a reality. There's mediocrity, um, and there's just poor performance, but there's excellence. And so it's making the choice because we choose ultimately what and who is going to show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. I just really hope that people are encouraged by those words. And to speak to your point about, you know, you're figuring out where your limit is. And I think everyone's limit is going to be so different and everyone's tolerance and what they can handle. And, and that moment and that line, when you realize you cross it, it's going to be like, you know, different for everyone in their areas. I know for me, I just had that moment. I'm someone who absolutely takes on a lot. I love helping. I love doing things mm -hmm. and being active. And I had decided to be the stay-at-home parent for my son was still working part-time. And a couple of months ago, had a moment where I was busy working and he wanted to play with me and I was frustrated at him. And mm -hmm. it was kind of like this out-of-body moment experience where I was like, that's not okay. Like I, <laughs> he just wants to play. I said I would take it on. So I need to cut some stuff out. And I think that's what we have to do. Look at our threshold and be like, if I'm getting to that point, cause for me, I was, I was stressed. I was overworked. Yeah. Things were going on and too much. And I taking on too much and said, okay, this is where I have to draw my line and figure something yeah. out. So, and I think that's just going to be different for everybody. And everyone's experience of that aha moment is going to be different for them. Definitely. 100%. And I think if, if you can, as, as an individual, I mean, women especially are just known to like take on super, super huge loads and then all of a sudden find themselves overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, and out of overwhelm doesn't usually flow all the fruit of the spirit. I mean, that's just been my experience. <laughs> yeah. And so if we can stop and go, whoo, okay, mm -hmm. that is so not helpful and recognize it and then revamp, recalibrate. We've got a new set point. We have a new threshold. Um, but that is, that is what we have these discussions every day at the office. It's you actually blow out your threshold of 
neurological balance when you overload. And some of it's your choice and some of it's not your choice. And so recognizing, okay, what do I have power over? You know, and then again, what does God have power over? Because some of this is, you know, did I take it before God or did I just add this to my list? And I am so guilty of that. Like, oh yeah, I probably could have, you know, prayed about that one for a bit before I just said, <laughs> sure, yeah, sign me up. Um, and so just recognizing like that we we are on this journey in life. We're on the journey with the Lord and we're on this journey with our the relationships and relationships are so much bigger than all the other stuff in recognizing your son who's right in front of you. He is, he is in, and, and I, I, our children, I mean, 14, 13, 10 and six. And I think about it and there's so many times where I say, okay, I got to get this done though. And I mm -hmm. still, you know, go, man, this is not more important than that little human in front of me. They yeah. are so much more important. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you so much for all of this information. I can't believe our time is up already. It flew by. I love doing these podcasts because I learned so much too as I'm listening to all of our guests speak. So thank you for taking the time to share all of this and just give some more perspective into stress and how we can mm -hmm. practically be tackling this. And it doesn't have to be this big ominous you know, conversation and scary, mm -hmm. and we can practically be making steps to, to conquer it. So before before we wrap up, just any final thoughts that you want to share with somebody listening who might just be dealing with extreme stress or just needs a next step? You know, I think that my final thought would be we're in a season right now of, of tremendous uncertainty. And I think if every day we can wake up, smile, thank the Lord for the gift of fresh air, the gift of relationship, the gift of love, um, and then also recognize that we are we are here for such a short time to serve a purpose mm -hmm. and each one of you listening you are here for a purpose god has called you for a purpose and even i just had somebody this week come in she's 63 years old and she's like i'm trying to find my purpose and i i thought to myself you know what if, if everyone listening just can take a moment to say you know god i i am here to serve you and i i just really truly want to bring honor bring honor to your name but every day just know and acknowledge that day before you is a gift mm -hmm. and how can you bring the best version of you every day like that just quick little what can i do to bring the best version of me to the day if it's deep breathing if it's hydration if it's better sleep um, exercise making sure that you can be the best version of you to every relationship in your life and that you just continue to shine brightly who god calls you to be mm -hmm. So good. So good. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Kate, for, for chatting with us and um, just being an encouragement to all of these ladies listening who I know all of them probably are dealing with stress. So <laughs> thank you so much. We appreciate it and hope to see you at more Bridging the Gap stuff moving forward. Thank you, McKelty. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us for this encouragement episode of E to the Power of Three. We were honored to hear from Dr. Katie DeBowie and McKelty Bloom on managing stress in healthy ways. Learn more about Dr. Katie, the benefits of chiropractic, and see Google reviews for her excellence in care by visiting atlaswellnesscare.com or by following Atlas Family Cairo on social media. Also, follow at MNBTG on social media or visit our website at mnbtg.org to stay up to date on more from Bridging the Gap. We look forward to being with you next time on E to the Power of Three.